0: a Bible character study on Barnabas. So let's go to the book of Acts just for a few moments. And I promise I won't uh, keep us much longer, but I do want to draw our attention to the word of God. And then we'll close in prayer here in just a moment. Acts chapter four, Acts chapter four, we see Barnabas in verse number 36, Acts four and verse 36 and Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of Consolation, a Levi, and of the country of Cyprus. So we introduce Barnabas, a character in the New Testament that has a tremendous impact, even though he is not mentioned a lot. There are several references to him, but he doesn't have the the coverage, so to speak, of uh, Peter or Paul, and yet Barnabas, of course, was a... Very important character in the book of Acts and in the days of the early church. And he is surnamed Son of Consolation, which we looked at last week is the word for encouragement and literally is the same word that is used for the Holy Spirit, comforter. He was an encouragement. He was an encourager. He was a comforter. He brought consolation. We see him involved with the Apostle Paul. And we see him involved here in Acts 4, having land, verse 37, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. So last week, we looked at the fact that Barnabas was a man of character. He was a man of character. So here's Barnabas selling this land. As far as we know, having come from Cyprus, that land was quite possibly there in Cyprus. Being a Levite, He had no no doubt been a part of the scattering or the dispersion of the Jews and with the different empires and then settling there in Cyprus as a Levite. He would not have had an inheritance in the land, but through the scattering, through the disbursement of the Jews, there was obviously land that he had become the owner of, and he sold that land and he gave it, to the church, he's described in Acts four and verse thirty-six as a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. He was sacrificial in selling that land and providing for the needs of the early church. And like Paul, he did not require financial support. We're assuming he, like Paul, served in tent making, by missionaries, pastors, and yet they did not, in any way, take advantage of the church. They did not even want that accusation to be brought up. They knew how the churches were not rich and increased with goods, and they chose in their Christian liberty to sacrifice a liberty that they had to take a salary from the church, but they chose not to, knowing the needs of the church in the early days were very great. They chose to sacrifice to give up that liberty and to be tent makers, to work a a bivocational uh, ministry. And while they preached and taught, they apparently made tents on the side. We know Paul was, probably Barnabas as well. And that is how they uh, gained income while they served faithfully and actively in the church. As a servant, we saw Barnabas brought Paul to the apostles when no one was willing to bring Paul in and to trust him after having been a murderer, having been the leader in the persecution of Christians. And then Saul gets saved on the road to Damascus. He's renamed Paul. He does begin to preach. He does receive some training. And then Barnabas recognizes that God is using this man. This is not somebody who's a fraud or a charlatan. He's not just somebody who's putting up a front. You know how it is with some of these superstars. You know, they talk God, they talk Jesus for a little while until they become famous, and all of a sudden... God and Jesus goes away. I can think of a race car driver who I, I, I really enjoyed uh, his driving ability. And uh, he was from Indiana. And early in his career when he was winning lots of races, he taught Jesus and he taught God. And he was very, very open about his faith. And then as soon as he went through a divorce and his career started to go downhill, all of a sudden God and Jesus and all that faith talk kind of disappeared. And uh, Paul wasn't like that. Paul was not a man who just took on the faith and started talking Jesus in order to uh, fool the people. No, Barnabas saw this man is genuinely saved. This man is a follower of Jesus Christ like us, and God is using him, and he introduces Paul to the apostles, and he's a servant. There, There again, we see him as an encourager and a comforter and a son of consolation. He encouraged the church in Antioch, included Paul in the ministry. Barnabas is sent up to Antioch, and God does an incredible work. People are getting saved. Revival's breaking out, and Barnabas is overwhelmed, and he remembers Paul's right down the road in Tarsus. Let's see if uh, he can come and help me. He goes down, he brings Paul up, and the two of them preach, and for over a year they serve together in Antioch, and God just does an incredible work. They go down to Jerusalem, and they report And the Jerusalem church gets excited because God is blessing up in Antioch, and they send Paul and Barnabas back up there. And then what does Antioch do? They send Paul and Barnabas out on a missionary journey. And just one thing after another, uh, even as they went down to Jerusalem, Paul and Barnabas took that offering. But we see Barnabas just being in the way the Lord led him, being where God could use him, being available. Uh, Some people say the greatest ability is dependability. But sometimes the greatest ability is availability. Just saying, God, here am I, send me. God, here am I, use me however you want to use me. Even if it means scrubbing the toilet or taking out the trash, whatever it is, Lord, use me. Even if it's in an area that I don't feel the most comfortable, maybe it's some place that you want to grow me and develop me. So we see him as a servant. We see him in missions. And then the one negative that we have to bring up Is that he does follow Peter in a little bit of hypocrisy as Peter and Barnabas in Galatians 2. Paul has to rebuke them because when the uh, Gentiles are getting saved, Paul, excuse me, uh, Peter and Barnabas are ministering to the Gentiles, and then these Orthodox Jews come in to town and Peter and Barnabas quit ministering to the Gentiles. And Paul says, that should not be the case. You're being hypocrites. Why is it that you don't minister to the Gentiles when the Orthodox Jews come? What's going on here? Don't you realize that what you're doing is hypocritical, is not being the the servant and the evangelist and using the ministry? The way God has called you to, and Paul, with a kind and a tender, compassionate heart, He's stern. And he's in Galatians too. He's stern with Peter and Barnabas, and He calls them out for their hypocrisy. And uh, yet we also know that Peter and Barnabas were not just crossed off and cast aside and thrown out on the curb as no longer useful. Obviously, God continued to use them. Uh, we no doubt. I know that Peter and Barnabas repented of that. And as far as we can tell, uh, they got that matter fixed and they continued to be effective in the Lord's work, but they had to be confronted in that area of misstep. Uh, Backing up, and as we come to a close here with our time, once again, we see missions. We see Barnabas going with Paul on the first missionary journey. With Paul, he went in Acts 15 and defended the true gospel to the Jerusalem Council. Barnabas is there saying, Yes, God is saving the Gentiles. God is using the Gentiles. Yes, the Gentiles are filled with the Holy Spirit. They have been indwelled by the Holy Spirit, just like the Jews. And they go through and they defend the true gospel. And then, of course, out of that uh, Jerusalem Council comes a renewal of Gentile ministry and the forsaking of the Mosaic law as the true and only way of sanctification. As we know in Acts 15, the church was struggling. Do we keep the Mosaic law as a sign of our sanctification and then require it of the Gentiles? And they had to go before the council and James, the head of the Jerusalem church and that council, they debate this and Paul and Barnabas talk about what's going on in the Gentile churches. And they came to an agreement that the the, sanctification, the sign of sanctification is not the keeping of the Mosaic Law. The Mosaic Law doesn't save because nobody can keep it perfectly. You have to trust Christ and Christ alone for your salvation. But legalism also doesn't continue for sanctification either. And they were trying to heap the Mosaic Law onto the Gentiles and onto the saved Jews saying you've got to still keep the Mosaic Law in order to be sanctified. And that legalism was continuing and they say that's what's the true sign of spirituality is keeping all these ceremonial laws. In Acts 15, that came to an end because Paul and Barnabas were there to defend the true gospel and declare what God was doing among the Gentiles. And circumcision was of course the sign that they were using in that. And we don't have time to go into any more detail there. And then we know that Paul and Barnabas had that split. Um, we know that Barnabas loved John Mark, and eventually John Mark would be restored even though he left um, uh, during the first missionary journey. God did restore John Mark. Paul talks about him being useful for the ministry. Well, how did John Mark continue to be useful in the ministry? Just like Barnabas had reached out and helped everybody welcome Paul, he helped John Mark continue to be profitable in the ministry. He reached out to him, and he brought John Mark back. I can't help but think that Barnabas was there, even though most people would have. And again, I'm not saying that Paul wasn't right. Paul was right in saying we need to leave on our missionary journey and not include John Mark. He's, he's got uh, some, some things here that we got to question, so we're not, we're not sure he should go with us. I'm not saying Paul was wrong. We know that good men can disagree and disagree agreeably, and they had to do that. And God used both missionary teams, Paul and Silas, and John Mark and Barnabas, but I do have to recognize that Barnabas continued to work with John Mark, continued to help him along the way. And eventually John Mark, is. it's stated that Paul, uh, Paul states that John Mark was useful in the ministry. And again, I can't help but think of Barnabas's influence there. So a lot to learn from Barnabas. That's a quick Bible study. And uh, thank you for uh, being a faithful church. Thank you for a, a church of unity uh, as we can go through business and not throw tomatoes at each other, and uh, thankful for the leadership of our deacons and so many uh, who serve here, and we're thankful for God's faithful provisions. Let's pray, and then we'll be dismissed. Lord, we thank you for the ministries of our church. Thank you for your blessings and for your provisions. Thank you for the unity. Lord, we pray that you will help us, Lord, to love you more, to serve you more, to love others as ourselves, and to go out even this week and to take advantage of opportunities to share the gospel with others and to be a blessing and encouragement and to edify one another. Bring us back, Lord, we pray safely on Sunday. Uh, Lord willing, in Jesus' name, amen. Have a great rest of the week. We'll see you, Lord willing, on Sunday.